Your 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's promo code DOLLAR. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code DOLLAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code DOLLAR. The Joe Beaver Show is on the air. 22. What do you mean 22? After all the uncertainties of the past two years, there's been an expectation and a hope for a more normal 2223. But now the question is USC and UCLA do. They're both Big Ten schools. Yeah. But where does that leave the rest of us? Who could possibly answer that question in this strange new era of analytics? Transfers. How did it get here? Well, it looks to me like you portaled it. A what? You know, portal from wherever you were to here. What's that? It's a, a different kind of portal. Oh, it's just changed so radically, and we're all running to catch up. And realignments. They both big ten schools. Yeah. All we do know is the boys are back. And the Joe Beaver Show plots its own course. Now there are a few more topics that we have to cover. And we will not talk about transfers, and we will not talk about my mother. We will talk about what I want to talk about. Fair enough. Who's next? Joe Beaver is on 1240 Joe Radio. Everybody, it's one of those days again where I've... (laughs) We have Jesse Soa joining us from the Corvallis Gazette Times on OSU Men's Hoops at 1230. And looking forward to the conversation with Jesse, does a tremendous job in all his endeavors for the local newspaper. But in particular, in this case, on Oregon State Men's Hoops. John, you and I both attended the FanFest event last night. Well done. I give uh, Bree Galvez, who joined us, and the other marketing people credit for putting on an event that took some uh, ingenuity some energy some vision Mm -hmm. it was not as well attended as you might have hoped is but but it's the beginnings of an effort to get we're going to get this team out there as Bree was talking about yesterday out in the community out involved in things and i thought the student turnout as we sat there got better as it went along more and more students were coming in uh, to participate in the event and the guys were clearly having a good time a, a really together group as Bree talked about and we've heard from Wayne Tinkle and others it's a team forming a lot of close bonds they're in this thing together to try to dig dig out of the last year's end of the year uh, scenario that was not pleasant a lot of people gone a lot of new faces in yeah. I'm excited to a see how this faces. team yeah I mean you know, who's that guy oh that's <laughs> the you know we're, we're actually you can't tell the players without a program and that includes the, the radio broadcasters for the team. I yeah. mean, I'm studying the roster closely, and Jesse's going to help us with that because he's been to a lot more practices. He's done some feature stories on some of the new players, and we'll get Jesse's impressions about all of that and what's ahead for Coach Tinkle and what will be. It's been an interesting ride for Coach, no doubt about that. He's done some amazing things, been to the tournament twice and to the Elite Eight and won three games in a row in the tournament uh, to equal the all-time Oregon State record, something Slats did in going to the Final Four in 63, and no other men's basketball coach ever did. Coach Tinkle winning three straight. Ralph never did it. Uh, uh, other coaches did not do it. 
<clears throat> Wayne did. And so we know we know what's in his uh, in his ability to get a group of guys to believe in, buy in and coach up. Last mm-hmm. year, there was a disconnect uh, in, in a number of ways. Some things have been addressed in a very serious manner. And Jesse will talk about that uh, with us a little bit later. But in the meantime, I'm kind of thrown back to the <laughs> the story I've told you, Johnny, about the professor down the road who walked into a classroom and saw a handful of students in one of his class offerings, course offerings, yeah. and only five or six of us signed up for it and showed up. He walked in and looked around and said, are you here for uh, Rhetoric 430? Yes, yes, Dr. LaRusso, we're here for that. Oh, something's wrong. There's a mistake here. <laughs> and he leaves to go down to the uh, the office, down yeah. the hall or whatever, yeah. and we're just all looking around at each other. We, a couple of us that had classes before and kind of knew each other. But yeah. He comes strolling back in with a big smile on his face. And I, I just, I've always admired the professor's brilliance in turning around what for him and what we could all see was he was embarrassed by the fact that he'd offered a course, hadn't even looked at the ret- you know, the, the number of students that were going to be in it when he walked in on the first day right. and saw six people, six souls in the room, in a pretty big room. Here's six people. I think there was, without question, embarrassment that, of course, this sort of legendary yeah. professor had offered only had six people sign up for it. <laughs> So when he pivoted and wheeled out of the room, he was going to go down and say there, you know, because he said there must be some mistake is what he said. (laughs) But he turned from the time he got to that office down the hall. About Mm -hmm. five minutes later, he comes striding back into the room with a big smile on his face. And I can just see how just knowing human nature, my own and others, how he. Oh, I got it. And he comes back into the room, big smile on his face. I can't believe when I walked in here, I thought, this is too good to be true. That's how he put it. This is too good to be true. I've never had a class of this size. So we can really and work now together. now we can really get some work done together. And it's going to be great. And I'll have individual time. And I'll... He was flat out embarrassed by the paltry turnout of students. I know it in my heart. Without him having to articulate yeah. it, we yeah. all knew it. But he came back and said, this is the greatest thing ever. So what I'm telling you is go into marketing. we have one guest today in spite of my men. And I'm so happy because that gives us so many opportunities now <laughs> in open phones. It's either a, it's either a, a difficulty or an opportunity. <laughs> I am actually, we, we've had a lot of guests and we'll have more as the week goes along, but I will just tell you, uh, look, here's my book. Here's my book. You know, the, yeah. Al Pacino in, in Glen Gary, Glen Ross. Look, I, I can't, you know, I showed you my book. Here's my book. In my book, it's all filled up. I can't meet with you. So I'm showing you my book. Look at that list of co- my call sheet, John. It's busy. It's... Calls out, contacts, reaching out to the likes of Trevor Mueller and McKenna Mills and Ken Go and Jason Quick. Well, they'll all be joining us and, you know, we, the week. And we've got how, uh, Trevor Mueller tomorrow, Husky podcast fame at 12.05 for an early look. We'll have more next week, but kind of an early look from his world on the Washington football season and what's ahead. We've reached out to Tyler Kepner. I've reached out to Stephen Ballhawk Nelson. Remember Stephen oh, Nelson from KEZI? Oh, and very popular. Launched 
out of Eugene into a great career, both with the MLB network and the NHL network. Very popular, hard when he left, and uh, he's popular everywhere he goes. Such a nice kid, yeah. talented, only yeah. 33. I was looking up his bio and reaching out to Stephen Hawk Nelson, and <laughs> 33 years of age and the world at his feet. Good for him. But but he's handled it all humbly and with grace. And, he went to do TV at a bigger market, but then ended up doing what? Major League Baseball Online? He went or? to the Bleacher Report. Yeah, Was he, he started to work Report? for the Bleacher Report, and from the Bleacher Report to the MLB Network, he's now hosting Intentional Talk. Anyway, Stephen Hawk Nelson, I've reached out to him, reached out to uh, Alex Crawford a little bit about Howard Kroom. Now, Howard Kroom is the Director of Student-Athlete Development Maya Buckner is the Assistant Director of Student-Athlete Development. They both will join us on Thursday to talk about the upcoming uh, trick-or-treat Halloween event at Gill Coliseum that they helped put together with all of the teams at Oregon State. Student-athletes uh, putting together uh, a Halloween costume trick-or-treat event at Gill that all of your youngsters will be invited to on Halloween night on Monday, but we'll get the details from Howard and Maya together and not only that event, but other things they're working on in their office in uh, student-athlete development, stuff that goes on beyond the classroom and, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, beyond the fields and the courts and beyond the classroom, other things that happen in the community. And Howard and Maya, uh, Maya did I say Buckner? I didn't mean Buckner. Uh, damn it, I see I had, she's new. She's new on the staff. I don't know why I said Buckner. It's not Maya, Bill Buckner, Maya, and I'm going to have to, <laughs> my apologies. I've not met Maya. She's a, a fairly new hiree, Maya Johnson, my apologies. But Maya Johnson and Howard How Kroom will join us. How did you get Buckner us. out of there? I think there was a former student athlete here named Naya Buckner, and this is Maya Johnson. And so I conflated the two, and my apologies, and maybe, just maybe, too, Buckner, October. There's only one thing that came to my mind when you said that. You bothering him on the beach. Billy Buckner, the late Bill Buckner. No, yeah. I did, and I. it's a regret among many, home. but it's a regret that I have. We had a good conversation, but then I I did bring up 86. Uh, and he was in. He was at, uh, he was at uh, the, the Bay. Um, could you see him near Lincoln City? go from like, hey, this is great, you're talking, yeah, kind to of. deflating and, and like, oh, He and his wife there. both asked about schools in Lake Oswego. They were trying to get out of Boston and move away from always being pestered about, it gets through Buckner, here comes night and the Mets win it. He was trying to get out of that life. <laughs> and here he is in Lake Oswego, not even in Lake Oswego, he's, he's over the at beach. the Bay. Can't remember the name of the bay off the top of my head where they filmed uh, sometimes a great notion. Of Depot bay. bay. No, it's not Depot. It's a little north near Lincoln City. Yaquina Bay. Mm, no. Mont anyway, bay. no. There's an. I've, it'll come to me. But there we are, and there he is. I said to the guy, we we're out in a boat, and I said, "Look, there's Bill." Jokingly, like we always say, "Ah, oh, yeah. there's so and so," because he looks like him. <laughs> right, right, right. What's, what's <laughs> look? There's Doug. What's Blair. he doing here? I said that once in uh, Casper, Wyoming. I said, ah, look, there goes Doug Blair, and Charlie Halbrook just guns the engine to catch up to the guy before. I said, no, Charlie, come on. It's not no, really no, Doug no, Blair. I'm just joke. saying there, you know, he looks like Doug Blair. I, uh, in the boat, I said, there's Bill Buckner. My, and the closer we got, I said, you know what? That is Bill Buckner. My son and I, if some, you know, very large person is wearing a jersey 
of uh, like a great athlete. Oh, look, wow, Damien's put on some yeah. weight. No, exactly. <laughs> no, you see, that's exactly how it goes. I was at an event the you other day and said, well, it's nice to it. see Margot Robbie has shown up for this particular <laughs> gathering. I said Kim to somebody does that next on to me. Movies. Oh, oh, my gosh. So, anyhow, <laughs> delighted to have a lot of open phones, and Dave has already responded to it. But we do have these other uh, requests out, and we hope to hit on a few of them as we go this week. We'll get someone on from women's basketball as well, maybe Ron, maybe Lindsey Schnell, someone else. Pac-12 basketball media days going on the next couple of days in San Francisco. So in this bye week for Beaver football, we're kind of in a transitional week and uh, would love to hear from you on whatever may be on your mind. Are you Solets Bay? Solets Bay is exactly right. Thank Steve you. Fink. Thank you, Doc Fink. Fink knows every bay up and down our beautiful coast. He's been in every one, fished in every one. Solets Bay. That's right, Steve. Thank you. There was Bill Buckner with his wife and kids on the and I ended up talking to him about 86. I mean, he came about as far west as he could to get away from it and couldn't get away from it. So Dave, Dave from Tumwater, I'm sure remembers it gets through Buckner. Yeah. So Naya Buck, it's uh, Naya Maya Johnson, Howard Croom on Thursday. And Tumwater joins us to help get us started. Plenty of open phone opportunities. Jesse Soa at twelve thirty. Dave, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Yeah, I was driving south from a wedding that was up on Whidbey Island or thereabouts that Saturday. Had the World Series game on the radio, and I, when that happened, I mm -hmm. can't remember who was broadcasting. I actually, broadcasters is my theme today. I just shook my head and said, I just can't believe that happened. Yeah, it was uh, awful. It was terrible. Of course is, uh, uh, well, a couple things. Um, on the uh, post-game show Saturday night, I uh, regaled TJ briefly with the great, late, great Ken uh, Coleman, who was the broadcaster for the Cleveland Browns. Does that name ring a bell with you at all, Mike? No, it does not. I've not heard. I mean, I, Col Ken Coleman, I remember, I thought, as a Red Sox broadcaster, too. But Actually, yes. The same okay. guy, he probably yes. is better known as, uh, as, as the Boston Red Rock. Anyway, he did Cleveland Browns games on NBC back in the day. And he invented the concept of the, uh, late in the NFL season, I think it was 1962, the if chart. In other words, if so-and-so loses and, <laughs> and Cleveland wins, he went through all the permutations. Okay. So, uh, so this is my attempt at creating an if chart for how Oregon State can win the Pac-12 title and go to the Rose Bowl. Okay. Of course, the first predicate is that Oregon State has to win out. Otherwise, it's a foregone conclusion. Yes. But one more loss and there are no options. It seems, and as someone who studies has a better sense of uh, permutations, perhaps can do a better job of it, but it seems as if Oregon State has to have SC win out, just given the, the matchups that are left on the schedule. Oregon has to lose one more game, obviously, and then lose the late great Civil War to Oregon State. And it would seem, and it's a remote prospect, admittedly, it would seem the toughest game they have left, other than Oregon State itself, is the University of Washington. And it seems we also want Oregon to beat Utah, and Utah needs to lose yet another game because 
we can't end up tied with them at two losses. They've got to lose three. Yes. So they need this. They need to lose to WSU, and of course, in the end, we UCLA also needs um, <laughs> uh, two losses, right. and so we need. So if SC beats UCLA again, if I'm right in all of that, then Oregon State would replay. SC in Las Vegas for the Pac-12 title. Now, That's my now I like all attempt. of that. I like all of that. Are you factoring in a tiebreaker with UCLA at two losses and the Beavers get the tiebreak because they beat somebody ahead of them in the standings, Ooh. namely Oregon? Yeah. Yeah, you might have found my Achilles heel well, there. Mike. You may I'm not, not sure but you still you still may be right though. I haven't studied the tiebreakers enough, and I'm just glad we're able to have this conversation this week, and we can continue it next week too. Because, as I said, and you know, next Friday in Seattle is an elimination game for the pack for the purposes of the Pac-12 title game. The loser would be out, but the winner would still have some hope. So it sounds like you're saying Washington needs to beat Oregon. Oregon needs to beat Utah. All of this is predicated on the Beavers, of course, winning all of their games. And then USC, you just say, hey, USC went out and USC is number one. So it's the race for second. If USC USC beats UCLA, that's two losses for UCLA. The Beavers went out. Do the Beavers get the tiebreak over UCLA for second by virtue of having beaten the team ahead of everybody else in the standings, namely Oregon? And there I say, Mike, you might have found yeah. a flaw in my system. It takes a, 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 it takes a deeper mind yeah. in mathematics and variabilities uh, to figure that out. But I think I've got a glimmer of what it would take. Uh, anyway, but the other thing, I, my, my friend Dickie, who's, uh, who used to work with Paul, by the way, uh, regaled me with a story uh, that uh, it, because you because the three of us love broadcasting, we love sports broadcasting so uh, so much. Dickie was telling me that the late great Lindsey Nelson broadcast a game from Ben Parker Stadium in 1955 against Brigham Young, probably some national radio broadcast uh, game of the week. And Dickie remembers that because his father and Lindsey Nelson, Dickie's father was a faculty member there at the OSU, and he and Lindsey Nelson were, were uh, college classmates at Vanderbilt or Tennessee or uh, 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 someplace in the in the Upper South. And so, anyway, Lindsey Nelson, I'm sure Mike, you would agree, uh, uh, he was, and it sounds like you were in Kurt Gowdy country if you were on the lake near. Casper, Wyoming, which brings another great <laughs> broadcaster into it. Yes. But I just, I was just, I was just glorying in the possibility that Lindsey, uh, the great, late great Lindsey Nelson, called a game from Parker Stadium in Corvallis. How sweet it would be to get some tape of that call in the early Tommy Pro Throw era. Yeah, it sure would. I don't know how much tape Kip, Doc, Fink, if you guys are listening, the chances of any sort of tape of that are, I think, extremely remote. I, I doubt unless somebody, somebody, you know, the reason we have the hysterical call by the late, great Russ Hodges of the Giants win the pennant, the Giants win the pennant, is a fan at home 
put in a big old tape recorder and a microphone, turned it on, and put the microphone in front of his big radio speaker to record that. That's the only the radio stations themselves did not record Russ Hodges in 51. So four years later, in 1955, when BYU came to Parker and Tommy Prothrow in his debut game, by the way, beat BYU 33 to nothing that day, I had no idea. You're telling me that Lindsey Nelson was in in the broadcast booth calling that game for national radio. That's it. I'd never heard that before. That's a great story. I'd love to have confirmation of that as a story, but the existence of any sort of sound or tape, John, I think is is almost. I just I just it don't think there's any fan. shot. Yeah, right, right. Uh, by the way, only eight thousand fans right. attended that game. That's right, eight thousand people wow. that day. But that's that's new, Dave. I didn't know that the legendary Lindsey Nelson actually graced our town with his presence and his call of a thirty-three nothing Beaver win, Tommy Prothrow's debut in nineteen fifty-five. And before that, Kip Taylor went one and eight, and and uh, went six and three that year. Yeah, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy in one of the great coaching jobs in the history of uh, of the PCC in this conference. Tommy was in the Rose Bowl in his second year. And Mike, I, I, if you ever wanted, and I'm not telling you what to do, you're your own man. You do a great job. But if you ever want to do an homage to Lindsey Nelson, at some time you can say, as Lindsey always did, this was his signature call, kind of a generic call. He would always say after an extra point, and as the teams come back up the field, and then he'd give the score. He always did. As the teams yeah. come back up the field, yeah. X and Y, the scores. Uh, it just gives me chills thinking about uh, what a great broadcaster yes. he was. Yeah, he and was. I, I, too, was intrigued by the fact that he might have graced the old press box there. Anyway, I thought if, if there were two other people in the world that would relish that story, it's the two of you. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you, Dave. Thanks, Dave, for sharing that. Really appreciate it. Good talking to you. We'll talk again soon. Dave from Tumwater, the first up on the Downward Dog phone line. Plenty of open phones. Ken, Ken, thank you for the call. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Ken, are you with us? Hello, Ken, on the Downward Dog phone line. Are you there? There's John here. Oh, hey, John. Good morning. How are you? No, Ken, but John. Okay. I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, one question. If I understand it right, the Beavers aren't doing a Wild Wings uh, deal anymore where the coaches go and you're there. That's correct. We are not. And they're not doing anything anywhere. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it may feel like that. We have had a semblance of of a coach's show the last couple of seasons with Jonathan Smith appearing fairly regularly on what we call Chew on This, but the 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 I guess the promulgation the promotion of that show it it, it hasn't maybe been all that that we had hoped it was a Facebook live thing for a while there's no terrestrial radio or anything for it so it's a little bit different uh, but Jonathan has made himself available for that okay no I just meant where you go to a right. public place no okay number two is the Beaver Walk which I tend to go to um, for fun often I seems like this year I've gone three times and I went to the game Saturday night. It used to be um, a couple of years ago, it seems like I'd see Jonathan Smith leading the group and some of the coaches, but it seems like I don't see that or am I just not looking well enough? 
It's a, it, it's a question, John, that I can't answer because I don't think because of my own schedule and things I have yeah, responsibilities, you can't be I'm rarely there, so I, I rarely see it. I've only seen it in passing once or twice through the years, so I, I can't answer that. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah it'd be fun if somebody knew if, if he decided not to do it anymore. Um, I remember one year he did it, and he had a little kid with him. Okay. Um, the other thing is that the, the new scoreboard is great. Unfortunately, being in the nosebleed close to the scoreboard, couldn't really read much of it because <laughs> of the angle. Okay. Um, have they thought of putting the old scoreboard up at the opposite end zone for those of us that tend to buy the cheap seats? Well, that's a question. That's a, next week. If if you, if I if we can remember this, I'll try to mm -hmm. make a note of that right. in questions and sessions for Sarah. We didn't have one this week. It's a good question, uh, and I'll try to remember to ask that about, you know, whether there's any plans. You're saying whether the old scoreboard or not, you'd like to see some sort of maybe smaller version of a scoreboard of above Valley Football Center. Exactly, because okay. the thing that runs low on the field. For those of us, unless I put my binoculars on, I can't read it. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, I understand. And I understood they saved the old scoreboard, right? I think I remember her saying it's gone. It's either with another school that can't afford big scoreboards or uh, okay. even, maybe even on the scrap pile. I, I can't remember, but it was... Anyway, yeah. but, it'd be nice to have something yeah. more visible above the Valley Center for those of us that tend to yeah. end up with the cheap seats in the other end zone okay. and can't read the big scoreboard because it's a bad angle. Well, you know, and the other thing, too, this is a minor quibble on my part, but the ribbon boards, which are cool, it's nice mm -hmm. to have ribbon boards around. Uh, you may not, you probably can't see them, but they do have them up as we look across from our provisional press box to the other side. Yeah. There are ribbon boards that have down and distance and time and so on. But when there are big plays or spectacular plays or whatever else, every scoreboard, ribbon board, scoreboard, takes away the time, the score, where the ball is. You, and I'm looking around, scrambling my eyes, you know, on a head on a swivel, just yeah. roaming back and yeah. forth, searching to and fro for the exact yard line down and distance, time left in the quarter, and cannot find that anywhere within the stadium on any auxiliary board. And that... You know, I understand the need to get excited about a big play, but I also hope people understand the need to kind of be able to come back as Jim Wilson always always bringing me back. Doc, I got to go for two here. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, we just scored a touchdown. Trey Sean Harris, I got to go for two. Oh, okay. You know, I, we, th that scoreboard with that kind of information brings you back to the scene setting for the next play. And if it's not up there always mm -hmm. and you find yourself scrambling to find it, that's a little frustrating too. Yep. Anyway, thanks for taking my call. Thank Have a you. great day. Thanks for the call. You can uh, you can bring that to our attention and well, find out what I that is. Well, I can. Yeah, I can. And I don't know whether, you know, again, the system's sort of in place and buttons are pushed. And when the big plays hit, uh, it all it all disappears, it seems, which is fine in, on a certain level. And it's not so egregious that I lose track completely of those sorts of things. But these days, it's a little harder from that makeshift uh, box to keep track of yard lines and so on, just due to the lack of depth and really? and yeah. being uh, at an angle. So right. I found that relying on the scoreboard, the auxiliary board and so on, has been 
it's been a bigger deal. And I look and see it all disappear. If there's an auxiliary board that I'm not aware of in there that always stays on clock, quarter, down and distance. There is one with time. With always with time? It's above the play clock. Yes, that's I, true. I was time. doing the same thing you were doing. Looking around kind yeah, of the it, other day. Yeah. It's not there. It used to be on the Valley Center. But that near, goes away too, near corner, it? On the near corner of the Valley right. Center. I know what you're talking about. It was about. a permanent score time, all that. But that's gone now. That's gone because that shine that lights up like the ribbon board does when mm-hmm. they're doing things. If you need time, though, the permanent time is above. Is always above the, the play, play clock. clock. Yeah, but down in distance, no, yard line. Haven't found it. Haven't found it yet. Yeah. And that has to be remedied because you got to have it. The TV people need it just as bad as radio people need it somewhere. That call just came in and said that uh, the Loge also cannot see the scoreboard since the new, I guess, is the new ribbon board hang down oh, down over them. Okay. And they are blocked from the scoreboard as well. So these are things. That's are two things. people that can't yeah. see the scoreboard in, in two different sections. So I think that's something that... Scoreboard visual. Yeah. Uh... And I, I don't think that that's... Something where, you know, a lot of times when you open yourself up to, hey, we'll take questions, you get really stupid ones. And it's just like, really, people? Come on. That one's a big one. Scoreboard stuff. Because so, yeah, uh, yeah. it's important for everybody to be able to see the scoreboard at all times, clearly, especially in football. They battled it in baseball for years and finally got one for outfielders mm-hmm. to be able to see the people in the stands out beyond right field. Finally got it. Well, football's a big deal with a lot of money, so I would think that you got to fix that problem if there's more than one location that can't see it. Let's take a break, Doc, on that note. If anybody would like to join us on these or other matters, 497-5356, that's the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line. Near the end of the show yesterday, I advanced something by a writer named John Wilner in the last minute and a half. Yeah. Do you even remember what it was that I quoted from Wilner? I'll refresh it when we come back. But if you remember what it is he said, there's five bowl-eligible teams, and the upshot was, and the most impressive is the job being done at Oregon State and the lines about everything is more difficult in Corvallis. That's the narrative that many of you say, ah, I'm tired of hearing that. That's yeah. But is he right? Is it true? Do you therefore agree with John Wilner that what Jonathan has done is the most of all the teams that have already clinched bowl eligibility, he says what for Jonathan and the Beavers to be there eight games in is the most impressive achievement in that group of teams. Is that damning with faint praise? Is it a backhanded compliment? Is it something you're tired of hearing? Or is it, in essence, true? Any thoughts on that? 497-5356. 497-5356 on 1240 Joe Radio. Are you expecting out-of-town guests this fall? Not sure where they're going to sleep? You could add on an extra bedroom. Or an easier and less expensive solution would be to buy a futon from Futon Man. Futon Man has quality constructed solid hardwood frames in lots of styles and finishes. And their alley resilient mattresses have a long-lasting foam core. And there's lots of cover choices, too. Stop by Futon Man, two miles north of Corvallis on Highway 99. or online at futon-man.com. Hey, this is Jake with Albany Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Hyundai. The regular maintenance of your vehicle is essential to the longevity and performance. 
Our team of master technicians can service all makes and models and will get you back on the road in no time. It's easy to schedule with us, either online or just give us a call, and we can schedule your service within days, not weeks or months. We offer shuttle rides and complimentary washes with every service, and we're open on Saturdays. As always, our diverse sales staff is here to provide the very best customer service to you. We're Albany Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Hyundai on Santa Am Highway across the street from the Fred Meyer. The outside to the left, and jogs in. Touchdown, Beaver! It takes a team effort to score a touchdown. The same is true if you need some advice with personal or business tax planning, monthly business bookkeeping, or just need some help with strategy. With over 45 years in business, the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis can help. See David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, or Robert Berry. They have the experience you need to execute the game plan and score a touchdown every time. Visit taxandwealthmanagement.com and get into the game. Touchdown, Beavers! Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that a meaningful gift can brighten someone's day and have them feel appreciated, whatever the occasion is. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, bountiful bouquets, gift baskets, and houseplants always delivered fresh with a focus on keeping families and friends connected. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer Premier's selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. Come feel the power at Power Honda in Albany, where quality, service, and peace of mind meet you as you walk through the door at 4120 Sandham Highway in Albany. Power Honda is family-owned and offers new vehicles and over a 1,000 used vehicles to choose from. Power Honda has a Google review of 4.9 stars, offers financing for everyone, and knows how to treat their customers' needs. Honda. Come feel the power at Power Honda in Albany. Have you been putting off that remodeling project? Have you finally decided to take a leap and get it done? For over 30 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, countertops, wood, and vinyl flooring, and window coverings from all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beeves! Hey, everyone, if you're looking for an appliance like a refrigerator or a freezer or dishwasher, cooking appliances, washers and dryers, or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon, the best place to buy appliances at 21 Main Street in Lebanon. They offer install and delivery on the product they sell, like Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen. They even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance at 21 Main Street in Lebanon and on the web at kellenbergers.com. All right, Chauncey Billups. I have last night's um, post game show from the Blazers. The problem is, I looked and what I have, and it's what they sent us all of Blazer affiliates. I think is everything, but this must have been a different thing when perhaps maybe when the writers get up and go talk to them. And I don't have it word for word. It was tweeted by someone who retweeted something that showed a Chauncey Billup quote. So I'm just going to have to summarize from memory, paraphrase it. And, and what's interesting, Doc, is that it's, a, it's about so many things that we've discussed over the years, and that is data. He says, mm-hmm. I don't know anything about half the blank you're talking about. <laughs> he said, I got to go back to college to understand oh. 
your your question. Okay. And it had to do with numbers. It was okay. all about numbers. Interesting. Like some geek getting in there and saying, what happens when the guy guards him from five feet away instead yeah. of three feet away? Okay. Something along those lines. Interesting. The Blazers are 4-0. It's a good-sounding record. First time since 99. Jason Quick, I hope, will join us tomorrow. Jason has responded to my overture and said that uh, he can't do it today. And we talked about maybe tomorrow. Let's wait till tomorrow, I hope. But Jason is back in the fold at the Athletic. He took a little time away and has come back recharged, re-energized, and wrote a very good story in the Athletic today about this Blazers 4-0 start. And, John, it's... Fool's gold. Okay. No, not, not, not as bad as that. Am I going to walk away from you now because of a 13-2 start one year for TJ's Mariners? Yeah, that was a couple of years ago. That was fool's gold. Yes. I'm not sure this is. Is uh, it? Blazer fans, people who know, who know well, feel free to call. It, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, Jack Ramsey's team in 79-80 that the late, great David Halberstam wrote about so eloquently in one of the underrated books of his Billy Ray Bates. body of work. Yes. Uh, I, Billy that, Ray I, I slept in out late. in line for that. That came later. For those in playoff year. tickets. But that team got out 9-0 and and 11-1, and and their final record was 38-40. and <laughs> They made the playoffs. It happens. It happens. They barely made the playoffs. Yes. And we slept out in line. I was a freshman in high school. And a buddy and I, a couple of buddies and I slept out in line and went through being cold right. and, and to see Billy Ray. And, and wet and all of that. The next day, a line formed from people just coming right now and getting in line. So I, a scrappy little 14-year-old, rallied all these strangers that were asleep yeah. along the wall. Right. Hey, the people are cutting in our line. The people are cutting in right. our line. And, Good for you, John. And so that got fixed. And I think it was George Grand. Did George Grand ever work for KGW? I think he was in our local market, yeah. in the local market. For George yes. Grand was the local. He went on to ESPN and National Work. Yeah. He was the local guy, and he was there interviewing someone. And I went up to him. I don't know. I don't know. I guess you don't have inhibitions when you're 14. <laughs> I said, hey, he didn't sleep over. I did. You should be interviewing me. And did he? He interviewed me. Good for you. The next day, I got called into Nikki Squire's office, yes, yes. who was in charge of uh, students. And she said, saw you on TV last night. Mm -hmm. And I got in trouble for skipping school. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It was worth every <laughs> it minute It was of worth it. it. It was worth I it. I smiled at her and I said, you saw me, huh? There are times in life, you know, are you, are you, are you condoning truancy? Well, I took a calculation. So did my buddy. He occasions. didn't have to get in trouble. I did because I was on TV. Worth being on TV. Being on TV. You're nothing <laughs> if you're not on TV. The Nicole Kidman doctrine from uh, To Die For. But I literally did. I said, hey, he didn't sleep over. I did. You should be interviewing me. And he did. <laughs> but you got in a little trouble, but well worth it. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. I've skipped school a few times in, in my youth to stay home. Mom let me watch Fields. No tapes, no DVDs, no yeah. tape recording machines. Here's Fields on at 1030 in the morning. Mama, yeah, yeah. So that tells you. I mean, you as a nine-year-old boy, Fields must be a big deal if your mom's going to let you stay home and watch him in the morning on a school day, and she did. And that was something we talked about this morning. That was back in the day when, in those days when the show was over, 
you never saw it again. <laughs> right. Because it wasn't yeah. going to be replayed. There was no DVD. Or no, anything. and even before, Instant Replay, which is the name of Jerry Kramer's yeah. book. Yeah. Because it was such a big deal in the mid to late 60s when yeah. this whole idea, we're going to watch this play again, Keith Jackson says in The Fortune Cookie, on our stop action replay. For yeah. <laughs> now, every pitch, every yes. pitch sequence, yes. every play... Over and over and over and over and over and yes. over and sometimes, over and over and, and sometimes over. they do you it in real time. Times. And sometimes they'll do it in real time. And if you weren't yeah, paying attention, you, you get fooled into thinking it's live. Right. And, and to me, that's overkill. That's too much stuff. It, Neil Simon could not even write the odd couple scene that he did when Jack Lemon calls and says, don't have any Frank Furters at the ball game today because I'm going to make a linguine later or whatever. <laughs> and the other writer at Shea Stadium taps Mathau, the character, Mazeroski just hit into a triple play. You missed it. You missed it. You missed it. Because he's on the phone talking to, you know, Felix about dinner later that night. And he slams the phone, take that linguine. And yeah. But, you didn't miss anything now. He yeah. missed it live as it happened, but that he could watch it 18 times in the next 30 seconds on yeah. television. We're already going to see it. The world in 65 in that sense. <laughs> I'm glad we can see it. We don't miss anything. We don't miss anything. Yeah. But we miss something by the immediacy and the importance of being in the moment gone forever because the moment lives on and on and on and on. Every pitch, bat, a batter makes an out, and you see all eight pitches in the sequence. Now, 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 now. I get weary of it, With Doc. With the little it's too square and the lines. and the Too much for me on the fan. Miles per hour. Now, let's go to Doug Chauncey on the Downward Dog phone line. Doug, good morning. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Uh, thank you. I'd like to talk talk about the uh, the Cal Bear radio football announcer. His name is Joe Starkey. Yes. And uh, I, I was uh, in August. They had some articles about him retiring, and uh, I just wrote down some stuff about his career. Mm -hmm. And he must have started Cal Cal Bear, you know, football radio gig. Real, when you're really young, because he's been doing the Cal Bears for 48 years, and that's just a really long time. Yes, it is. And he's done 538 games. You know, that's a lot of football. And uh, amazing, he he's very good at what he does. He has a very unique voice. And uh, he's also, for part of that time, he was also 20 years, he was a 49er radio broadcaster. So some, some weekends, you know, Saturdays and Sundays, he must have been awfully busy, you know, that's for sure. Yes, yes. But he's going to retire. I guess he's pushing up 70 years old. And so um, uh, something for you, you you guys to look at, you know, <laughs> try to hit the 50-year mark, you know. You're 20 years now, I think. Anyway, um, he seems like, a, from the article and everything I've, I've seen about him, he seems like a very nice person. And um, that he and uh, it would be nice to get him up on to, to talk about his career, but I know you, you'll have him on there probably before the Cal game also. It would be nice to get him on there about his career, you know, but before then, you know. Well, I I don't know so much about before then, Doug, in that our plan is to have Joe on during the Cal week. So, Which is perfect timing. Yeah, and that's coming up, so yeah. I'm not sure we'll do it before, but we will have Joe on. He's been on with us before. And he is a classic in the business. You you may have watched, I don't know if you did, the Cal-Washington game Saturday. I don't know. Did you watch any of that? I uh, heard it too, though, but I didn't watch that well, game. Well, at one point, uh, Dave Fleming, did, did they, they 
put a camera shot on Joe mm-hmm. in the booth. Now, Dave is an outstanding Bay Area broadcaster on his own right. He and Rod Gilmore were doing that California-Washington game in Berkeley, and Dave is one of the voices of the Giants, and he's been a voice of Stanford sports. So he's very familiar with the Starkey legacy. But he made a, a claim of sorts. I'll go back and listen to it as I freshen up and get ready for the Beavers trip to Seattle next week. But Fleming, they played a little bit of the cut of, oh, my gosh, the band is mm-hmm. coming out of the field play, the band play, the big game, 1982, Cal Stanford. And Fleming, after that call, said that may be the greatest piece of sportscasting audio ever. He put it in the ever above the Giants win the pennant, the Giants win the pennant, and other moments on radio calls said that may be the most famous spectacular radio call in sports history. And I don't know if Dave's right. That's a subjective kind of thing. Yeah. But I certainly do think that call lives in a, in a very short list. I would think it would be top five. Yeah, no question. Consensus top five. So, Doug, you're on the right track in terms of Starkey's legacy, his great career, and we do hope to have him on the show and plan on it during the Cal Week. Yeah, TJ kind of compared your call with the stamp. It's- Stanford ends up on the wrong side of all these things. <laughs> TJ yeah, compared well. your call at the end of the Stanford game this year with his game, the rugby game, you know, yes. ending against Cal against Stanford, you know, about 25 years ago now, it seems like. But uh, it was uh, <laughs> thunder, you know. 40. 40. <laughs> 40 years, Doug. 40. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, that's nice of TJ to say it's our own little version of of miraculous finish, but it, it was not um, not really in the same ballpark as as what Starkey called forty years ago. But thanks, TJ, or whatever it is, TJ shaking his head. I don't know what. It, that's our version, anyway, of yeah. a kind of a miraculous finish against Stanford on the farm. Yeah, um, and. Besides Joe Sarkey, there's a trombone player for, uh, I think, Cal has been living in infamy the rest of his life because he got run over by the running back who ran in, ran in for the touchdown. So uh, <laughs> it's strange how life, you know, yes. he's probably a, a, a hedge fund manager now and he's very rich. But, uh, <laughs> probably. He'll go, go down in history as a trombone player and got run over. <laughs> One of the, no doubt. Play. No doubt, Doug. Hey, thanks for the anything else for you, sir. No, that's that's okay. fine. Yeah, thanks it's for the a, idea. It's a quiet, a quiet week this week because it's a bye week. We need it, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. Thank I you, like Doug. it. It's good timing for everybody, myself included. And uh, he's right about the band guy. He's probably a gazillionaire. There's 30 billionaires that have come from. It's either Cal, Stanford combined, or just Stanford, <laughs> which is one of the facts that Dougie had when we had our tailgate show a couple of weeks ago. And. And I, did he say, Did I think he might have said he might be a billionaire making money in the Silicon Valley. Did yeah. he say that? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. I watched a very minor thing. Again, these little things. But they. I listen, I listen, I look, I listen, I try to learn. <laughs> there was a documentary on, on the valley there, the Tech Valley, mm-hmm. on the peninsula of Palo Alto and so on. And the announcer was a Yahoo documentary on the kind of the pros and cons of the power of the people in that valley. And mm-hmm. she said, welcome to Yahoo's uh, da, 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 da. 
Today, we're going to look at the Silicon Valley and its impact <laughs> on the world. Things like that and should not said, bother you. How, who, why, what? A full documentary on Yahoo, and it's there with beautiful television cameras right. and beautiful people and great interviews. And, gee, she kept saying, here in the Silicon Valley, we da-da-da-da-da. And I thought... How does it come to be? Because I've never heard anyone say silicon. Have think about, you? Think about this, though. I thought it was Akron. It's Akron. It's Akron, yeah. It's Oregon, yeah. not Oregon. So maybe it is silicon. <laughs> well, if it is, if it is. Everybody else is wrong. Then we've all been wrong and living a lie, deluding ourselves our entire existence. I think it's okay, but it's jarring. You know what I equate those types right. of moments to? What? Think about this. Cameramen, camera workers are so good at what they do. Yes. If you're watching anything, well, nowadays it, there's so many camera people out there because of amateur stuff. Forget that. But prior to all of this, if you were watching a show, a live show, or even a movie, and the microphone dangles down, mm -hmm. or if someone mm -hmm. were to bump the camera... You'd see it from across the room peripherally. Yeah. It would jar you. Oh, absolutely. Because you're not expecting, whoa, no, whoa, no, what no, just no, happened? No. Right. And it's a tiny little thing. It is a tiny thing, but it is jarring. And there was a film years ago, we'll take a final break this hour. Uh, I saw the film, very depressing film. I went to it with my mom in the mid-70s. So because I went to it with my mom, who had some issues you know, in, in with respect to what the film was about mm -hmm. in terms of the depression of the character played by Gina Rollins in a John Cassavetes motion picture with Peter Falk. And the name of the film was A Woman Under the Influence. And it was not about drugs and alcohol. It was about coping with depression. This was a film almost ahead of its time wow. in that sense in the mid 70s. So my mom and I are at this film and it is the worst I've ever seen with microphones dangling down really? into the shot while Peter and Gina, his wife, in the scene are talking. You see these microphones kind of dropping up and down you wonder from the top of the screen. How does that pass muster? How, yeah, post how does that make it through? It did. And yeah. it's movie-wide. It's not right. once or twice. No. I mean, it just kept dropping down. I thought, wow, somebody, <laughs> somebody as a high the school kid, I'm looking at that going, hey, something's wrong. with What's wrong with this picture? Well, there's microphones dangling down into the shot. That's what's wrong with the picture. Let's take a break. We've got more to come. Thanks for joining us on 1240 Joe Radio. It was a Sunday, and I had just sat down in the recliner with a bowl of chips to watch the big game when I heard a terrible sound. I hope you're not planning on sitting around the house all day. you got to get to work on this place. That game's just going to have to wait. I would, but I don't have all the equipment. That's no excuse. You can rent everything at Philomath Rental, and since they're open on Sundays, you can go out there right now. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Open seven days a week. Philomath Rental, behind Landmark Realty, just a mile and a half west of the Sunset Shopping Center. Tools and equipment for your home, farm, and business. Why is Woodstock's Pizza all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people? Because no matter who you are or where you're from, you can create the perfect pizza at Woodstock's. So you can choose from over 35 fresh toppings, four made fresh daily crust options, several cheese options, including vegan and dairy-free, and six sauce options, including vegan and dairy-free, all to go along with your choice of dine-in, takeout, or delivery to most of Corvallis. So Woodstock's Pizza is all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people. Woodstock's Pizza, Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. Built upon a solid foundation of cast iron and steel, it's the Kubota L-Series Tractor. It's part of a Kubota Tractor lineup that's rated number one in durability and owner experience. 
The durable Kubota L1 features powerful diesel engines and is easy to operate. Visit Lynn Benton Tractor in Tangent or go to LynnBentonTractor.com. We're still doing business the American way. Hey, this is Jake with Albany Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Hyundai. The regular maintenance of your vehicle is essential to the longevity and performance. Our team of master technicians can service all makes and models and we'll get you back on the road in no time. It's easy to schedule with us, either online or just give us a call, and we can schedule your service within days, not weeks or months. We offer shuttle rides and complimentary washes with every service, and we're open on Saturdays. As always, our diverse sales staff is here to provide the very best customer service to you. We're Albany Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Hyundai on Santa Am Highway across the street from the Fred Meyer. This is the Joe Beaver Show with Mike Parker and John Warren, who always have the best interview. Here's how John would describe their last guest. They came in, had fun, and left. Now it's back to Mike and John on the Joe Beaver Show. That doesn't always happen, but it does quite often. We will <laughs> continue here and uh, close out this hour of the Joe Beaver Show. You were just talking to Josh uh, Grossman, our resident blazer nut. <laughs> Oh, it, is he in agreement with me or not <laughs> that it's fool's gold? I mean, we got no, one texter saying that four games is too obviously It's too way much too early, yes, side. but I'm not sure that it is fool's gold in that Damien after the game and Jason Quick has said he'll join us tomorrow. So Jason's certainly far deeper insight than to we occasional interlopers into the Blazer world. Jason Quick, Oregon State, CHS, Oregon State alumnus, will an outstanding writer for the athletic will share his thoughts about this blazer start but the article today the upshot is jason taking that question on in a sense yeah. early it's too early to talk too much about sustainability about with anything, yeah. 78 games left but damien is quoted and uses that word because of the way they're playing Getting better defensively. Jeremy Grant's added a huge element to that. Josh Hart, too. And GP, two hasn't even played. No, He'll impact the court defensively. Yeah. So, so maybe, I, I'm not sure that this means, as somebody said last night, well, 82-0 is still alive. <laughs> well, <laughs> I doubt whether they're going to get there. No one said it was going to be easy. Right. Jack Kent Cook's the only owner I've ever heard go on the record when he acquired Wilt Chamberlain and Jack said, who, well, people say you can't win them all, but with Wilt here joining Elgin and Jerry, I don't see why not. So he's kind of throwing this 82 and 0 idea out. And that team went 55 and 27, a who, pedestrian who, record. Who was the poor coach of that team? Your man, Bill Van Bredikoff, who oh. got fired after the year because he played Mel Counts, our own Mel Counts, over Wilton Norman Chamberlain in Game 7 against Bill Russell and the Boston Celtics. At the beginning of the year, Jack Kent Cook said that. He was doomed. Pretty much. But I also, under the spell of Chick Hearn and the Lakers and loving the Lakers, listening to every game on the radio, save for those occasional simulcasts and those wonderful days, becoming a fan, Dave from Tumwater has an addendum on our conversation about Lindsay, which we'll share yeah. in the next hour. Have you started the music already? You yes. have. 30 uh, seconds. Jack Kent Cook and Chick and Jerry West. I was under that spell. So I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, Wilt Chamberlain? You have Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, and Wilt Chamberlain on the same floor. You can't lose. Well, you were like 12. You didn't know anything. Yeah, see, no, I was not even 10 when that season even started. Even worse. You didn't have a clue. 
Oh, I was 10 when the season the started, joy. and I lost Game 7. Ask Larry Morgan. Did the Lakers win or lose Game 7? They lost. All set, please. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in 5. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with Your Money Now. Amazon is rolling out a feature that allows shoppers to pay for items using their Venmo accounts. The option to pay with Venmo, known primarily for peer-to-peer transactions, will be available for select customers of the e-commerce giant beginning today. By Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, then it'll be available to all Amazon shoppers nationally. Shares of Venmo parent PayPal are soaring 6.5% today on the news. It's going to cost you a bit more to watch your favorites on Apple's streaming service. Apple has increased monthly and annual subscription prices for Apple TV Plus and Apple Music. Apple TV now costs $7 a month, up from 5 bucks, while Apple Music goes up $1 to 11 Stocks are extending their recent solid gains today. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 270 points at 31.770. The S&P 500 is ahead by 50, and the tech-heavy Nasdaq Composite has jumped 209 points, or 1.9%. That's your money now. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O. It's Medicare open enrollment time. See the Medicare specialists at Rhodes Warden Insurance Agency. Look at all the 2022 plan choices, including prescription drug plans and Medicare Advantage. This is your time to see if you can find a lower premium and extra benefits. Open enrollment starts October 15th and ends December 7th. Call now to make an appointment. Since 1961, Rhodes Warden Insurance Agency, Lebanon, Albany, and Staten, or RhodesWardenINS.com. Feel the power at Power Honda in Albany, where quality, service, and peace of mind meet you as you walk through the door at 4120 Sandham Highway in Albany. Power Honda is family-owned and offers new vehicles and over a 1,000 used vehicles to choose from. Power Honda has a Google review of 4.9 stars, offers financing for everyone, and knows how to treat their customers' needs. Come feel the power at Power Honda in Albany. Hi, I'm Dennis Silvers, a golf guru, here with another Golf Minute to help you do it with no smoke, just mirrors. Developing a perfect swing plane is probably the biggest goal in all of golf. Swing plane is simply defined as a tilted circle that matches the angle of your shaft at address. Using masking tape and a mirror, you can achieve this goal. Let's assume your address position is pretty solid with your back straight, knees flexed, and your arms hanging underneath your shoulders. Find a full-length mirror and take your address position in front of it. Look at the reflection and note the angle of your club shaft. 
place tape on the mirror along this line and then another piece of tape in the opposite direction so that the two lines intersect at 90 degrees. As you take your address position, make sure your shaft is on plane with the first line you set. Your forward bend towards the ball should position your back and head along the opposite line. So remember, use your reflection and hip turn to stay on plane from start to finish. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. If you work remote, Staples has you covered. Stylish office decor to turn my finished basement into a complete workspace solution. Staples has you covered. A desk that's all business, but not too businessy. Staples has you covered with remote workspace solutions. And now at Staples, save 25% on all desks, storage and filing products, chair mats, lighting, decor, and desk accessories when you buy a chair. Explore solutions for your remote workspace at Staples. The Working and Learning Store ends 1029. In-store only. Exclusions apply. Ew. Stuck in a cycle of rewashing your clothes? Ugh. Because you can't remove tough laundry odor? Ugh. When detergent by itself can't cut it, use new Downy Rinse and Refresh. With a breakthrough odor-removing formula, it removes odors in one wash, better than the leading value detergent in three washes, keeping all your laundry fresh. Mmm. <laughs> now you can break the cycle of rewashing. <sighs> with Downy Rinse and Refresh. The following is a production of the Two Docs Broadcasting Network. There is no place like home. I suppose your name is Smith. Seven, eight, nine. Indeed, Niner Jonathan Smith has come home. Smith sets up, post corner run. Prescott makes the catch at the 20, for the 10, to the 5, touchdown, Beaver! Full of promise for the return, something wrong. Smith on a shotgun, throws on the post, As Jonathan returns, so does the Joe Beaver Show with the familiar names. His name is Mike. Mike Parker. You do know him, don't you? And... But John isn't Torment. John isn't Davos or the Red Woman or Stannis for that matter. John is John. And their familiar means of wailing guests. Guess that fellow's number! Get his number! But it's one number Nine. that we rally around as we welcome you to the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. I like a lot of John Denver's songs. Absolutely. This is not his greatest, but it may be my favorite, if that makes any sense, only because of the associations with the song. No, it's a great song. It's a sweet song. It's It's a sweet tune. I'm not sure it's his greatest. You you probably would have to go with Country Roads or Leave It on a Jet Plane, just in terms of sheer power. To me, the greatest song he wrote was Annie's song. That's beautiful, too. He wrote that after they had a fight. He got on a ski slip, a ski thing because they live right there and wrote it from the bottom of the ski lift to the top of the run. Okay. He wrote that song. Sweet. I like John, but that tune just brings back, you know, driving home from the three hour Phipps practices, surviving another one and getting home at the, the little farm outside of Cottage Grove. Hey, it's good to be back home again. Would often be on the radio as I was pulling in. Oh, good to be home again. That's how that's how that song made me feel. But Jonathan Holm, and before we get in, and some good texts have come in. We want to get to yeah. those before we visit with Jesse Soa on OSU Men's Hoops. Jesse will join us at twelve thirty. 
Well, I just want to reprise this and read it and then move on. And if anybody wants to react to the Wilner rhetoric verbatim, here's what he wrote in his excellent column every week that I look mm -hmm. for. I search it out. Yeah. John Wilner, Saturday Night Five. What are his five major points? Number four was damn impressive. D-A-M. Okay. Damn impressive. Quote, of the five teams that have clinched bull berths, Oregon State's success is the most impressive given each program's resources, tradition, and recruiting base. Everything is more difficult in Corvallis. The margin for error with recruiting and injuries is a fraction of what exists in Seattle, Eugene, and Los Angeles. He's referring to the markets of the other four right. schools that are also bowl eligible. Yet, he writes, Coach Jonathan Smith continues to make shrewd personnel evaluations and maximize the talent on hand. He goes further. In that regard, we see clear parallels to the state of Utah's program. 2015 to 17 under Kyle Whittingham, another head coach who makes expert use of his talent. And then he goes on to say one final recruiting push injected Whittingham's roster with enough talent to win the South title in 2018, followed by a repeat in 19 and the conference crown in 2021. Will Oregon State make a similar jump under Smith? Question mark. That's how he leaves point four of his Saturday night five this past Saturday night. So, if you have any kind of reaction to any part of that, feel free to share either via the University yeah. Honda text line or the Downward Dog phone line. The one that seems to rankle people is the rhetoric about the paragraph that reads, everything is more difficult in Corvallis, the margin for error with recruiting, et cetera. That, that has bothered people over the years. Does it still, or has there been enough sample size in history to know, well, it may bother me, but... History tells us that that's, that that's not hard. inaccurate, per se, or is it? Is that a narrative, quote-unquote, you're tired of? If you have any feel or a response to what Wilner wrote Saturday night following the Beavers becoming full eligible and some of his other comments, feel free to share. Now, what's happening on the University Honda text Just line? getting caught up. In fact, yeah. there's one that uh, – there's three different texts in from one person, and I like it because um, – it, it uh, deals with a couple of things. <clears throat> Why was the music playing while the announcer was speaking and at least once while the game official was announcing the call? That'll be a great question for Monday when we have sessions with Sarah. Okay. Thanks for bringing up the ribbon board. My friends and I had the same issue. Oh, okay. Now, that, I assume, is you can't see the scoreboard because the ribbon board's hanging over. Your that I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know what the issue. The for issue them I is. was bringing up was the loss of with, with the the stuff that goes on after big plays. Right. All boards go to kind of a. Well, the big board does too. It shouldn't. There no, should I be. mean everything. And there's no. I cannot then look. I cannot find. And this right. is something that I will bring up only just from the mechanics standpoint of the jobs we try to do is there one board that can be sacrosanct and I, alone, I, I think the fans would want that too yeah, just somewhere always wherever yeah. the little data score time yard line down all and of that's little, on one the board. the little corner one uh on valley center that's not doesn't do that anymore was that was something huge. i always looked at. that was extremely yeah. and i've been important. looking around a lot there well little what? things that are very important okay. and i think that's important to fans too yeah. um so that's interesting uh, okay, so that one, I don't have a name on that particular uh, text. 
some other ones very accurate here on, I don't know what that's reacting to. That just came in a few minutes ago. Uh, of course, we've got Dave from Tumwater talking oh, to us, yes. but that's a different topic. We we'll can get, get into, to that We can make an actual show out of that one. Kurt, Curtis says, uh, he says, I think we're ahead of schedule. I would love to have that USC game back. Yes. So I'm unable to see the scoreboard, but that's a different <laughs> issue because I'm blind. <laughs> Curtis is well, a longtime listener for yes. the two shows we do, the one I do in the in this show. And he's he's great. Very funny. Curtis is funny, but I want to ask Curtis. He goes on to say, I love being at the game and listening to Parker's call in my ear at the same time. Nothing better. So I have a question unto you, Curtis. You you go to games? You go to live games and just sit there and hear the crowd and, and listen to Mike? I never thought about that. If you were in That's, that position. That is interesting, Curtis. I, I'm I, interested. I love that because yeah. that means he's not, he's just getting out there. You go to games to be in the crowd, to be in the event, yeah. and you're listening. You're not seeing. Right. But you're listening. What's, gosh, what's that like? You know what? Knowing what I just told you, what he just wrote to us right now, might make you think in your head for Curtis, like a, a you know description what? of a That's color. Right. Curtis, often. I'm going to, things I, like yeah, that. I didn't know, Curtis, that you were actually at the games, but yeah. there may be a time here and there. I'm just going to throw something. Hey, Curtis, for your sake, here's what, what we're trying to tell. Or, yeah. You know, we're, as we grapple with a little more. A little more description yeah. on no, things. No, thank that, you, Curtis. Thank you so much really for that. That's really cool. Yeah. Hardest place to recruit. Okay, very accurate. That's what that is. Okay. Uh, beer guy, Chris. <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah, in regard to hardest place to recruit. Yeah, it is. Of course it is. There's no argument there. Well, I mean, people in Pullman and uh, other people have argued that No, but that I mean, hard. not as the hardest, but, but, but hard. A hard place. Who would get rankled by anybody saying, well, look what Oregon State does with what they have. There's no doubt about it. Money, income, uh, locale, no airport. Dennis all, Erickson all himself, who, who's been around the block and knows yeah. his way, in small towns, major markets, said, kind of on his way out, he just said, hey, you know, he said, to, in fact, to Jonathan way back when, he said, it's, it's you know, we're, 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 we're slugging away at it, but this is a tough place to recruit to, sure. quote unquote. And Dennis had the greatest season ever. A lot of that, the fruits of his own, tapping into the junior college ranks and finding some other players too. But a mm -hmm. lot of that, it was already on the shoulders of Banker and Riley and that group that had brought in a lot of those players that Dennis took to great heights. You know what, Michael, though? Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. And, and tell me if you follow, if you can track with, because I can't always explain it. Back in the day of Tommy Prothrow, Kip Taylor, all of those those days, mm -hmm. the world was bigger. And if you were in Corvallis, Oregon, you could maybe do things that they did in South Bend. In South Bend, they did it, and they did it all the time. And that it became so well-known. And all there was was Lindsey Nelson doing radio and going back. The Army-Navy game was the biggest thing there was. Army was one of the top programs in the country for years. As we've gotten, the world's gotten smaller through technology and then the arms race of, of the latest, greatest toys and technology, it, I think it makes it to where only the big can do what they do. It's harder to do. It's slicker. It's more corporate. It's more corporate and less down home. In the days of one bar on your face mask, I think any property around the country 
could could get big players and rise up and and, I see what you're and saying. do yeah. it. There were fewer. You had Bear Bryant. You had Notre Dame and USC. It was a re, more of a regional phenomenon in the sense big that time. Tommy Prothrow at Oregon State. I think what you're saying is. Yeah can become a regional power, and yeah. he did, he was. The Beavers were. I mean, they went to sh- went to two and should have gone to three. The no-repeat rule prevented them from going back-to-back in 56-57 and a Liberty Bowl year in 62 with a Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, Tommy, I think what you're saying is maybe because of the less amount of toys right, and right. Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and videos and, and- all of that that – that the big power players in media and marketing and television and all that did change the landscape dramatically and made it a bit more difficult for the people in Ames and Corvallis and so well, on to to prosper. Not only that, but you know, when I get into deep conversations at parties or or when we're doing the Joe Beaver Show places with the the likes of uh, Jess Lewis or mm-hmm. Bryce Huddleston, they they never mention they had the nicest field, right. they had the nicest weight room. That never comes right, up. It was right. always a relational thing. Yeah. Or, oh, I don't know where I was going to go, you know. And then, right. it, 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 oh, and then the, with the rise of television to just being there and then that evolving into cable and every game mm-hmm. is on TV and all of that, then it became a deal about Flash. Because prior to that, no kid knew what was out there. You knew uh, Nebraska and and, uh, USC and Alabama and Notre Dame were big time. But you knew they were big time because of their winning, and they might be on NBC once once a week. But you didn't (laughs) know who had what. Now everybody knows who has what, and it's like the players, the kids say, Mm -hmm. entertain me, show me what you have. (laughs) Whereas the Bryce Huddlestons of the world came from, you know, some farm town, came up to another farm town and and played football. Before we break, if you, you know, it's a, it's an old theme and we've talked about it for the many years we've been together, but if there's anything else you want to jump in, anything new that occurs to you, anything you're feeling or wanting to share the downward dog phone line, the university Honda text line, four, nine, seven, 53, 56. We'll get back to the text line in a second. Dave from Tumwater followed up his call about Lindsay Nelson, possibly, in fact, likely gracing Parker stadium's press box with his presence for the BYU Tommy Prothrow debut in 1955, Tommy in his first game as the Oregon State College head coach uh, defeated BYU 33 to nothing. And according to Dave's research, Lindsey Nelson was on the call. But he adds this, John. Further research, writes Dave on the text line. Lindsey Nelson started the national game of the week for NBC in 1954. It ran for five seasons. His color man... Red Grange. The Galloping Ghost. Now, does that mean the Galloping Ghost was at our press box also? Wow. At Parker in 55? How does one verify? I'd like to figure out a way to verify that. I know. Number one. Kip, Kip, uh, Grace, I need a one-way ticket. I don't think Kip, because there wouldn't be any documentation of What kind of record? Nobody... Unless John... Unless somebody in a press guide noted it? No, you did Right. They would have to note it. Or, or either the press guide or the program, which I don't think they would. No, you know, back... And, and then you'd add, the, the only way to figure that out would be to go into the archives of the, the network. See, and the great releases that. now that we've had through the years with Hal and with Steve and with Doc Scheffler and Hank and everybody yeah. putting out notes and releases always tell you, and I love that, who the, the broadcaster, who the Roxy are. Bernstein, yeah. Lincoln Kennedy. Yeah, and you the know, Pac-12 release the gives Pac- it all the yes. games you can look at. So, but I... Don't think there would have been an analogous document in 1955 no. for that. No, they wouldn't have. 
They wouldn't so, have cared. I'm not sure. And, and, and again, what the momentum of it all is, I don't fully know either. But <laughs> the, the best thing, of course, would be to hear from somebody that, oh, yeah, I remember listening to Lindsay and Red do that game. Yeah, they'd have to but be 100 we, years yeah, old. Well, they'd <laughs> have a few years on them, maybe not 100, 1955. So they, you know, they could be 75 years old and have listened to that game. Yeah, yeah. If they're out or there. Or watched it or let NBC. Or someone who remembers a tale. Do yeah. We tell, do we tell yeah, stories Yeah, that Lindsay anymore? and Red went out the night before, and boy, did they tear up the town. <laughs> they were at the Peacock having a good time. I mean, whatever. My grandpa yeah. told me. <laughs> we will take a break. If you'd like to join us, 497-5356. We'll finish up with some of the texts that have come in. We thank you for taking time to write us on the University Honda text line. Jesse Soa coming up a little bit later. Jason Quick on the Blazers at 4-0. If you'd like to jump in on that, have you seen enough through four to say probably not 82-0, but not 38-44 and either? They uh, look like a, a pretty good, good team. That That is a question yeah. can be asked. If you want to jump in on that front, what you've seen so far, 497-53-56, Anthony, with a trans, uh, Anthony Simons, an unbelievable quarter last night. Mm-hmm. One of the great quarters ever, 22 points, six straight threes, eight straight field goals as the Blazers, who had played kind of stumbling around, I thought, early, outscored well, they, the Nuggets 44 to 25 in the third. Yeah, they were down by, they were down the entire first half. They yeah. ended up winning the game by 25 points. Yeah, that's an incredible I turnaround. went to bed and they were down. I'm like, oh, they're going to yeah. lose this game. And they win big. So <laughs> yeah. what do you think? What are you seeing? And I also hope that Lillard wants to win so badly. Damian wants to win. He's been, I want to win a championship, and I want to win it in Portland. If Lillard's star begins, I mean, if uh, Anthony's star begins to shine <laughs> a little no. more brightly, rise a little bit higher, will he be all good with it if it means he can perhaps someday taste the title? Someday. With Ant I don't know if you can, in the backcourt. I don't know if you can taste the We're title. Way too early just now. Just backcourt players. I know, but I mean, <clears throat> it, it, I hope Damian will be all good with the love being poured upon yeah, Simons. True. You know what? That's all I'm getting. That's all. That's all. He anyway. got his first taste of booze last night. Who? I get Damien. He I got guess, booed? Yeah. I for, guess for they, one of his 35 footers or no, they did a thing up on the board where it's get to know your players. It's all marketing stuff. Yeah. And I guess he said something. Yeah. I've never been to the Oregon coast. Oh, Ooh. <laughs> I'm sure it was comedic booze, but he, that's, is that a fact for Damien? That's Never been said. to the coast? Never been to the coast. Gosh, that's got to be amended. He's got to go, you know, if he goes to Solette's Bay, people will be yelling at him from the waters. <laughs> Let's take a break. Back after this on 1240 Joe Radio. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541-758-8255. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Have you been putting off that remodeling project? Have you finally decided to take a leap and get it done? For over 30 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, countertops, wood and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands that you know, love and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. 
Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering and go Beebs. When a restaurant has been around for as long as Tommy's 4th Street Bar and Grill, it says a lot. It says the food is good, and that's a fun place to go. At Tommy's, they serve breakfast anytime, plus lunch and dinner seven days a week. There's a lounge with a full bar, pool tables, and all your favorite Oregon lottery games. Ask about Tommy's famous Beaver Buster breakfast. If you can eat it all in an hour, it's free. And for special events, Tommy's has a large banquet room downstairs. For good food and fun times, stop by Tommy's 4th Street Bar and Grill on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. The outside to the left. And Johnson, touchdown, Beavers! It takes a team effort to score a touchdown. The same is true if you need some advice with personal or business tax planning, monthly business bookkeeping, or just need some help with strategy. With over 45 years in business, the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis can help. See David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, or Robert Berry. They have the experience you need to execute the game plan and score a touchdown every time. Visit taxandwealthmanagement.com and get into the game. Touchdown! At Lassa Toyota, we believe in going the extra mile by providing those little extras that make your life easier, like online scheduling so you can pick the day and time that's most convenient for you, and courtesy rides to and from your home or workplace. We even honor our competitors' coupons whenever possible. Lassa Toyota services vehicles, but serves people. Schedule your service appointment today at LassaToyota.com, just east of I-5 on Highway 20 in Albany. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, follow-up, Curtis does uh, write in. Thank you, Curtis. To say that uh, he has season tickets this year for the first time. Goes with his cousin, I think he said. And uh, has a radio, AM, FM, digital, that he's synced up to the action. That's tremendous. I. That's a story. Thank Th- you. That's yeah, a newspaper no, feature. Doc Gress, Jesse. Yeah. Jesse's going to be joining us soon, but I, I Just like I concur. Carrie Eggers should do a piece on the four court four horsemen, the four coaches up in uh, Coeur d'Alene. That would be a that entertaining would be a story. Perfect Kerry Eager yeah. story. This one be would be a good story. Blind guy goes to live events. Yeah, you know, and I don't it seems to me I've read, heard that in the minor leagues or somewhere, I thought I saw something pass through the fire hose of you know constant yeah, information, yeah. but I thought I saw something that said, you know, that a, a blind person was doing color analysis on minor league baseball, which is mm. not out of the realm in terms of understanding team personnel, that crunching numbers, and whatever calls. else he's doing. So he's not doing play by play, but he's reacting no, but, to the plays right. and saying, well. You know, he comes in with an 11-game hitting streak, and his ability to go to the opposite field has been improving. And so that opposite field double here, and the you you could do all of that without seeing it. That you could, you would be you would be severely limited. You could you could do part of what needs to be done because you would have to see tendencies and trends and well, say, yeah. like a Jim Wilson would say, well, you can tell he's getting his elbow down. He needs right, to, you know, right, right. And uh, Jimmy would do that, but. Um, Facts and figures, absolutely. Well, facts and figures and stories and, and yeah. even game trends. Well, okay, well, they're running the ball more here early in the third quarter. I mean, you, you, you well, especially you, if- you could have a pretty good feel for all of that, and I'm sure Curtis does as a great fan of the Beavs, a tremendous yeah. feel without, yeah. quote-unquote, necessarily seeing it. Yeah, like if, and especially if, if you had seen sports 
for many, many years and then yeah. suddenly or yeah. tragically lost your do you, sight. Do you know Curtis's no, story I on just, that? No, Curtis, I, we I don't. Know. I did know that he was blind because he's mentioned that before years for years while listening and commenting and saying, well, <laughs> I heard that out here. Yeah. In fact, we were he, he, he texted uh, when the Reeser was raised back in January. And he texted in to say, well, I'm, I'm, he says blind, so I'll say it. I don't know if that's a well, pejorative yeah, no, or not. I, I but, understand. I, but I anyway, know. he says, I felt it out here. I think he's in uh, tangent. The yeah, fact Cur- Curtis is in tangent. It, it, I would say that the diction, the word usage, when Curtis himself says, I'm blind and, th- and thus, da, da, da. if Curtis, who is sight impaired, whatever yeah. the proper term is, we, you know, Curtis, we don't want to be disrespectful in any way, but he describes himself as I'm blind and yes. I. Yes. So, so because of, you know, that we, you have that's liberty why, to use the word. So that's do I. why we and, were. And I will say too, that growing up, it, it, it was interesting. One of the first things that I, I love listening, going into Mr. Holland's garage and hearing Scully for the first time and then discovering Dick Enberg and Chick Hearn shortly thereafter in terms of influence on what is life about and what do you want to do, kid? Well, kind of what that guy's on the radio, what those guys on the radio are doing. I mean, it was always sort of from a young seven or eight year old age, kind of what I hope to do someday. But a friend from the other street Mr. Holland's garage was on Roe Bruce Lane. Frank Booth was on La Sabida Avenue. And Frank was an f- older person, in fact, a contemporary of my mom and dad's, who lost his sight in an accident, a chemical mm-hmm. explosion accident where he was working, and he lost his sight, and he was probably in his early 40s when he did. He had grown up a, a big sports fan. Yeah. So he had, as you're suggesting, sort of a a background in knowing so he could visualize having seen games and all of of that. Yeah. But after that accident occurred, Frank and I became fairly close because he knew I liked sports. So I would go down and sit and visit with him and we would watch games together and I would sort of chatter. Well, Gabriel back to pass and finds Jack Snow (laughs) open for a first down at the Ram 26, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> and God, God, be, began to practice yeah. that kind of thing with Frank and talk things through that the television with the terse right. Ray Scott, right. Dowler left, Dale right. I began to supply a little more of the information <laughs> for Frank. Oh, Curtis says he lost his sight in a car accident. Oh, my gosh. How I'm old? I'm so sorry. How old are uh, you, 25 years old. He's 34 now. Oh Previously a fan of all sports. Okay. Interesting. Ah, man. So, we, Curtis, well, thank, Curtis, you, for your, thank you for your guy. friendship I've, to I've the en- show. And... I've enjoyed your texts over the yeah, years. Like I mean, to... it's not over yet. It's no, just... and if you have season tickets to the games, and you go, he says he goes with his Nephew or cousin? Cousin. Who does, cousin, cousin. Think, yeah. Come by the OSU Beaver store. No, some, brother-in-law. Goes with his brother. Goes with your brother-in-law. Come by the OSU Beaver store sometime and say hello to John oh, and Doug before the game. Be, it'd be great I would to love meet that. You. Let's take a break. We'll come back with uh, Jesse Soa. One quick yes. note before we go, um, and it came in just now, and it was, this is interesting to me, a great movie. If you could see what I hear, a true story that leaves out some interesting parts of his life. Who's he? If Meaning you could the guy see what I is, hear. Is that the guy you're talking about who did color commentary? Well, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. 
But, but maybe think, Texter, whoever you are, telling us who, what's that film? Who's the film about? Is that yeah, what you're because asking? I, it sounds familiar. You could look to it me. up, but maybe you could send us the information. Jesse yeah. Soa covers OSU men's hoops, amongst other things. And last night we saw the Fan Fest extravaganza with this new, fresh-faced Oregon State men's basketball team that Jesse's been covering in practice and writing about. We'll get his thoughts next on 1240 Joe Radio. We set them up. Corvallis. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Need your auto glass repaired or replaced? Need to recalibrate your advanced car safety system? Don't call that 800 number. Call the glass man. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, there are benefits and services available to you at Lynn County Veterans Services. You've earned them. Use them. Call 541-926-3882 and take advantage of what you've earned. Home loans, disability compensation, health care, transportation, and more. Lynn County Veterans Services is here to help you. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, call 541-926-3882 and thank you for serving your country. Lynn County Veterans Services, serving our local veterans. A lot of land comes with a lot of work, and the new Kubota MX Series has a lot to offer, including the versatility to mow, move bales of hay, grade roads, and clear brush and snow. The new Kubota MX Series is rated number one in durability and owner experience. Visit Lynn Benton Tractor in Tangent or go to lynnbentontractor.com. We're still doing business the American way. When a restaurant has been around for as long as Tommy's 4th Street Bar and Grill, it says a lot. It says the food is good, and that's a fun place to go. At Tommy's, they serve breakfast anytime, plus lunch and dinner seven days a week. There's a lounge with a full bar, pool tables, and all your favorite Oregon lottery games. Ask about Tommy's famous Beaver Buster breakfast. If you can eat it all in an hour, it's free. And for special events, Tommy's has a large banquet room downstairs. For good food and fun times, stop by Tommy's 4th Street Bar and Grill on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. Hey everyone, if you're looking for an appliance like a refrigerator or a freezer or dishwasher, cooking appliances, washers and dryers, or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon, the best place to buy appliances at 21 Main Street in Lebanon. They offer install and delivery on the product they sell like Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen. They even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance at 21 Main Street in Lebanon and on the web at kellenbergers.com. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Mike Parker with John Warren. Curtis is going to stop by. Uh, excellent. Look, and I want to be there when he does, so make it be in the second hour of it, please, if you can. Curtis, yeah. now, you line up your life with my schedule, please. <laughs> yeah. No matter what challenges you have, 
Line it up. No, I'm joking, of course. So we have Cal and Oregon, and it will be four hours before kickoff, so three hours before kickoff. In that last hour before the yeah. network, if you're there that early. If not, come by the Beaver Block Party. We're, yeah. we're there. I'm yeah. there an hour before kickoff with Ron and Jim. If the schedule with John and Doug doesn't work out, would love to meet you, Curtis. And thank you for listening and all of the excellent texts uh, and so on. It is a pleasure to welcome to the Joe Beaver Show, Jesse Soa, whose work I've enjoyed for many years. And in fact, I want to get to the exact definition of many. Many is kind of a loose yeah. term. Jesse, how long have you been writing for the area newspapers? I've been uh, uh, at the paper since uh, September of 2000. So, yeah, just about 22 years now. And that's encompassed a lot of different beats, right? And we're going to talk men's hoops in a second, but I would assume in that 22-year run, you've covered just about everything along the way. Is that accurate? That certainly is, yeah. I actually started at the Gazette Times uh, as a news reporter, uh, spent a couple years doing that. Um, And my next few years after that, uh, I was sort of uh, half news, half sports at the GT there, um, covering, you know, some high school stuff and even some some OSU stuff at that point, too. Um, yeah, then from there, I, I went to the Democrat Herald when those two papers were, um, you know, distinctly separate publications, uh, covered uh, high schools and uh, some, some college football at the, the DH. And then in 2013, we kind of came back together as a, as a combined uh, sports staff. And, uh, yeah, lots of high schools, lots of college, a little bit of everything. And, you know, that's really kind of what I enjoy about uh, my job is, is the variety and a chance to uh, do a lot of different stuff. Jesse, how competitive were the DH and the GT in those days in terms of getting the story first? Was that happening? How did that all play out? Um, you know, even, you know, during my time, those two papers have been owned by the same company. Um, in the time that that I have been involved, I didn't really experience that competitiveness, but I've certainly heard stories about um, – times in the past where those two papers were not owned by the same company and there, and there was certain a lot of uh, a lot of competitiveness at that point mm-hmm. okay. well i mean did you throw down fists when you were <laughs> at the same game with these guys <laughs> he didn't experience that he's only heard stories but uh, i assume the stories uh, probably a few of them have something whether they fall or get all the way to fisticuffs <laughs> you're sensing jesse and just hearing stories you know through the years that there was some some real true competitiveness it sounds like yeah for sure you know when you when your uh, your next door neighbor is trying to get the same story <laughs> as you certainly that's that's got to be true and uh you know um journalists are you know uh you don't want to get the story and, and want to get it right and uh yeah i'm, I'm sure that there was some interesting <laughs> stuff going on right. last thing on this and then we talk about uh, oregon state men's basketball are you still are you guys all working out of that building in albany uh, yep, that's where we're at now. We have been uh, for a few years now um, since uh, they closed down the, the building we had uh, in, in Corvallis. Yep. Yeah, okay. Jesse Soa, our guest uh, since 2000. That's a pretty good run. And covering, Just a little time after you and I got here. Yeah, we got here in 99. Oregon State men's hoops has been, amongst other things, things you've been writing, uh, see you occasionally in football. I mean, uh, the the work and the responsibilities was was shorter staffs now. I mean, you're all working very hard and diligently a lot of things. But is it fair to say, Jesse, that a lion's share of your time now 
is devoted to Oregon State men's hoops. Are you getting to quite a few practices? And I've seen some feature stories on guys. So is that a big responsibility for you right now? Yeah, at this point, it's my main beat. Um, and yeah, I, I was able to go to a handful of practices during the summer. And then I've been, uh, I went to a few this last week, you know, while trying to juggle everything else that I'm involved with, um, you know, but yeah, I've, I've been able to um, see those guys play a little bit. I mean, so many newcomers, you're trying to learn new names and, and kind of, uh, you know, their games and then what these guys are all about. But uh, yeah, I've been able to, to get out there a little bit. In all seriousness, have you gotten to the point where you knew every guy by sight? I mean, because yeah, there's I, a lot of new guys. Yeah, I, I've seen maybe, yeah, probably six practices. And, yeah, I, I think I can I can identify everybody now, yep. Good for you. And a bunch of freshmen, There, it's just a whole new thing. Well, what's your initial uh, reaction to what you've seen? I know it's a big ask to turn around from three wins. It may take a couple of years, especially with a load of freshmen, but uh, just from what you see, general reaction. Um, it's a it's a lot of newcomers, and the uh, I think the coaches by now kind of kind of know who they have. But um, there's a lot of talent there. There's definitely some talent, but it, it's a group. Like I said, with so many new guys, it's going to take some time to kind of come together uh, on the court. I think that trip they made in uh, August out to Italy was very beneficial um, because some of these, you know, so many of these guys are just getting to know each other, you know, both on the court and off. And uh, it's honestly going to take some time. Who do you think will step in for Christian Wright? And that was a big loss. Uh, I don't want to emphasize the loss. It hurts too much, but how can they make up for that at the point? Yeah, yeah. It looks like uh, Jordan Pope, is uh, a true freshman, is probably going to be uh, the starter there. That's what I can assume by by watching practice. Um, you know, jo- Justin uh, Roshlin, a transfer from ASU, is another point guard, but he's going to be out for, you know, at least a few more weeks with, uh, you know, some knee spur, uh, you know, bone spurs in his knee that were discovered, uh, you know, kind of soon after he arrived. But, um, you know, Dexter Acano, uh, a veteran guy, can also play some point. Um, and so probably between those two, and I don't know if they're going to try to try to use anybody else at the point, uh, uh, Nick Kratz, another true freshman, is a, seems like a pretty good ball handler, but maybe more a two-guard. But, um, but, yeah, they're just going to have to try to kind of fill the hole there um, until they get some more depth uh, at that spot. And what have you seen from Shoal Marial? I'm curious about this guy, a four-star recruit coming out of high school. He goes to uh, Maryland. We saw him, Mike and I saw him last night just fooling around. They had a, a slam dunk contest, which was fun for the kids. It was pretty cool. And uh, he was very careful on his first dunk. He got way up there. I think his hands were as high as the top of the backboard. But what do you see about him? Does he have moves? Is he going to be a guy that can play some offense, or is it just going to be a big man in the middle? Yeah, you know, he is an athletic uh, 7'2 guy, um, you know, obviously a huge wingspan. Um, I'm not sure about his, his post moves. I know he can step out and shoot the three-pointer, which, you know, for a big guy like that is, I guess, becoming less and, you know, becoming more common now. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure about the post moves, but uh, he, can, he can rebound. He can play defense. I mean, he's going to be a really good shot blocker for this team. Um, whether he has the, the, the post moves, I'm not sure yet. 
Jesse Soa from the Gazette Times joining us on the Joe Beaver Show covering OSU men's hoops. Jesse, the sense I'm getting listening to you, talking to Wayne, talking to others on the staff, who knows in the volatile world of the transfer portal and everything that goes on there, it's just almost impossible to predict what might happen in a year or two. But the sense I get that Wayne and the staff have recruited a core group of guys that they believe, just based on looking eye to eye with these guys when they made the commitments and so on, that if they can keep the group kind of held together, keep them together, keep coaching them up and building them up, that in a couple of years, when you said it's going to take some time, yes. But are you getting that same sense if they can keep the core group together, it can be a pretty dynamic one that could do some things in two or three years that could could be very, very impressive. Yeah, I definitely think that the pieces are there um, to put something together. But like you said, the portal, uh, you just never know what you're going to get there. Yeah, the pieces are there. They have they have guys at every single position, and they, they really like their freshmen. Um, uh, Michael Rattai, Tyler Bilodeau, two of those, those freshman forwards who have really shown a lot and um, uh, you, know, you know, could really bring a lot to this team. I, you know, I just don't know if it's if it's this year, uh, which might be more like you know somewhere between ten and fifteen wins for this group. But down the road, this is this is a group. If you know, if they can keep it together, could do some some special things. What have you seen, Jesse, in terms of you know in, in football? We often hear the term "who can take the top off the defense" as, from the receiving group. What about the taking the top off the defense, so to speak, and filling it up with with some consistency, regularity, with pretty good range, the range of guys from a three-point field goal, which you know is so important. Who have you seen, at least so far, that you think might be able to fill it up and, and hit some big perimeter shots for this group? Uh, for, you know, from the top, uh, Nick Crass, the freshman six-four uh, guard, he's he's really been a good shooter in the in the time that I've been at practice. Um, and you know, a guy like Dexter Cano can hit shots too. Um, uh, Dimitri Rivney, uh, the transfer from San Francisco, is another good outside shooter. Um, I think there's enough there. You know. Wayne's teams these last couple of years, they, they felt like they haven't gotten the shooting that they, you know, to the, to the percentage that they believe those guys, you know, those previous teams could hit at. Uh, this group might be different because I think there, there's so many different guys who can make shots from the outside. And underneath, you touched on Shoal a little bit. The, I get a sense that Rodriguez when completely fully healthy, and I'm not sure you know exactly what you know about that timetable and prognosis, but where he's at, he seems to me to be a gigantic piece in what is available for the Beavers in a low post muscle game. What's your sense on that and how important Rod Rieg might be to the team this year? Yeah, you know, Rod Rieg, I, I think everybody is going to remember what he did uh, for that team during that 2021 uh, postseason run. He was such an important piece um, because of what he brought down low. And, and on this year's team, he's, he's kind of that, that true post presence. Um, I think to uh, an extent, some of the other guys will be able to bring that, but he is such a muscular force down low that, um, you know, when he gets to full health, if, he, if he's not there now, 
he'll be um, a, a true presence both offensively and especially especially defensively, just with the way he uh, he mans up on guys and, and rebounds the ball. Yeah, we look forward to that. I, I love his game. And if I just keep him, uh, I think it was ready for a big year last year. And that certainly affected just the whole trajectory of what ended up being a very difficult, challenging season, an understatement that is. And in that, after the offseason, Jesse, we all saw Coach Tinkle went to work on all aspects, rebuilding the roster, and also bringing in Eric Reveno and Tim Shelton on the staff. What have you seen? Uh, have you seen enough of both of those guys at work and know enough about their background, their pedigree, and so on to believe that as hard as that was, in a sense, for Wayne to make some of those changes that he felt they were necessary, what have you seen from Reveno and Shelton in the mix with Marlon Stewart on the floor these days? Yeah, it, both those guys uh, know basketball. That is absolutely for sure. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. They uh, they um, are not afraid to uh, really get on those guys, which I, I think these these uh, young players really need is, is coaching. And um, yeah, both those guys are are so knowledgeable and and ready to help. And you know, like I said, aren't afraid to to really get in there and uh, uh, you know try to get these guys headed in the right direction. The final thing then, Jesse, is this, in the sense I get also from Wayne, that Beaver Nation as as in a sense, maybe jaded, hardened by the year that was last year. Also, you know, we're, we're still the 2021 season, as you alluded to, was pretty special and exciting. None of us are saying that that's likely to happen this year with this young group. But I think what Coach Tinkle's excited about, and you've observed this perhaps, a sense of a real bonding, the Italy trip you alluded to, the togetherness, the we're in this together, not literally fighting each other in or after practice. <laughs> you know, there's some issues that manifested themselves last year. Are you sensing that, that the Beaver Nation's going to kind of like this team because of the way they play? They play hard, they play together, et cetera. I, I think that's certainly the case. You know, last year they, they just ran into a situation where they brought in guys who – you know, weren't interested in being team players. And I, I don't, you know, having seen this group for, for multiple practices now, I don't, I don't see that in this group of guys. It's a, a bunch of young kids who come from really good backgrounds, um, you know, six, a lot of successful backgrounds, a lot of talent, and uh, it just seems like they're ready to work. And, uh, you know, every, every practice that I've seen, they, they really go at it and, uh, and they want to work on both ends. They they understand, you know, how important defense is and, and how important it is to, to Wayne and, and his group, you know, his staff. And, uh, yeah, it should be interesting to see, you know, just how much it can, it can get out of this season. I know we said last thing, one more. I was looking something up. Did you guys talk about Casey Abekway? No, we didn't. Well, a texter said, ask Casey or uh, Jesse about the big kid from Canada, 7'2 freshman. What about Abekway? Um, yeah, he's uh, only been with the, the team a little over a, a month now. Um, he he looks to have some good skill. He's actually another guy that can that can hit an outside shot. Um, he'll have to um, work on his conditioning a little bit. I mean, he looks a little bit out of shape, but he he still can get up and down the floor. Um, just because of uh, their lack of big guys, it it looks like uh, he will be uh, getting some time. Um, you know, behind behind Scholl, sort you know, assuming Scholl, um, you know, gets gets clearance to go ahead and play this year, and then uh, you know maybe Rodriguez as a, as a small center. But um, 
Yeah, Casey is uh, a guy that uh, just talking with Wayne last week, he's really high on. And, you know, once he learns the system and kind of gets, you know, accustomed to the program, that they're expecting some big things from him, uh, you know, sooner rather than later. Jesse, thank you for your time and insight and perspective. We appreciate it. We hope we can do it again down the road. Thanks for making time for the Joe Beaver Show. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk again soon, I hope. Thanks, Jesse. Yeah, thanks, guys. Jesse Soa, Corvallis Gazette Times, and on the Beaver men's basketball beat. And I'm, I just think it's going to be, you know, what Wayne has talked about. It's been refreshing to go to the practice center to kind of roll up the sleeves and go back to work with a group that he really feels like. I mean, they've worked meticulously at finding the right kind of players chemistry. with the chemistry together, but also that are coachable. We'll take coaching yeah. and yeah. try to be coached. And that's one of the things Tim Floyd told us about Nick Kras and that how there was a, when we had Coach Floyd right. on in a memorable conversation. But Tim, observing life, he kind of thought, my guy – I don't know him that well, but I like the way his teams play. And I'm going to send this guy. I'm going to find a player and say, Wayne, you got to come down and see this Nick Kraskett. He's going to fit for you. He'll be a perfect player for you. It's sort mm-hmm. of how that whole relationship got started. Because Floyd, thinking in terms of it through the, the lens of the coach's eyes, saw that Wayne had a group last year that was a little harder to reach in mm-hmm. terms of trying to coach him up and get him to follow direction and do what you know they're supposed to do. It was harder last year, one of the more challenging years he's ever had. So in that respect, they found a bunch of guys, Nick Kras just being one of them, yeah. who will be fully in, all in and committed to that. I like So I look forward to seeing how it unfolds. I can't wait. Let's break. We will take a final break for today's show. Jason Quick tomorrow on the 4-0 Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> we'll get to some texts. Anything else you'd like to jump in with, feel free on 1240 Joe Radio. Are you expecting out-of-town guests this fall? Not sure where they're going to sleep? You could add on an extra bedroom. Or an easier and less expensive solution would be to buy a futon from Futon Man. Futon Man has quality constructed solid hardwood frames in lots of styles and finishes. And their alley resilient mattresses have a long-lasting foam core. And there's lots of cover choices, too. Stop by Futon Man, two miles north of Corvallis on Highway 99. We're online at futon-man.com. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that a meaningful gift can brighten someone's day and have them feel appreciated, whatever the occasion is. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, bountiful bouquets, gift baskets, and houseplants always delivered fresh with a focus on keeping families and friends connected. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer Premier's selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. Have you been putting off that remodeling project? Have you finally decided to take a leap and get it done? For over 30 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, countertops, wood and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands that you know, love and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering and go Beeves. Hey everyone, if you're looking for an appliance like a refrigerator or a freezer or dishwasher, cooking appliances, washers and dryers, or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. The best place to buy appliances at 21 Main Street in Lebanon. 
They offer install and delivery on the product they sell, like Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen. They even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance at 21 Main Street in Lebanon and on the web at kellenbergers.com. Just a couple of minutes, and there's just so many things to talk about. What you got on the uh, University um, Honda Tax line on the fan? Curtis is going to make it to the Cal game. Nice. So we can meet him over at the Thank the you, Curtis. store. And um, ask so about the good kid, big kid. Okay. okay just did that. Casey or Beckway. Perhaps I like his look. should have said the story. Told. The movie, if you could see what I hear, I think I've seen it. It's an older movie. It's not about a, an athlete. It's just about a guy. I don't know if it's true or not who refused to sit in a chair. He, he went out, and his oh, buddy okay. would take him jogging and, oh. and all these different normal mm-hmm. things okay. without sight, and, and uh, he falls in love with a, a gal who breaks up with him and all, so on and so forth. How could but you? it sounds like a good movie. I actually okay. like those kind of movies. Um, Mike and John, I think the smaller market teams began to have a fair chance when scholarship limits yes. were created. Absolutely. That did uh, help. To 85. It helped. I can remember when teams would stockpile players. USC had two deep linemen that would be better than every mm-hmm. everybody else. Yeah, that absolutely helped. Sven Here's Nader. another one. You mentioned the Merrill gets cleared to play. Injury or academics? I think he's clear. Isn't he clear now? Shoal Merrill? Oh, uh, eligibility, just in terms of progression towards a degree that held him up last year. At Maryland, yeah, I was a little taken aback by Jesse's language there with respect to Shoal's status. That's something I'll need to clarify. Oh, Dave writes in, um, here's this one. I did see this, didn't pursue it because I didn't think it was finished. Did you did you read the article, he says, about expansion of the Pac-12 is coming very soon. San Diego State for sure, SMU, <laughs> Boise State, and Fresno State potentially. Thoughts? If you've not covered this, potentially the uh, also... Potentially an Amazon package, decent amount of money, and he says great shows. Been busy well, today. Well, okay, yeah, now which Dave that. is this? Dave from Sandy. Oh, Dave outside of Sandy. Yeah, come on now, now Dave outside of Sandy has. <laughs> so I know exactly where he lives. And you, it, it, have you been there? No, but I drive by where he says he on lives on your way near to the cabin, Shorty's Corner, and I'm like, oh, Dave's somewhere around okay. here. Okay, yeah, on your time. way to the cabin. Yeah. Okay. No, I have not seen this article. Uh, we did see some tweets well, from Klyovkov talking about yeah. expansion and maybe one, and everybody reads San and Diego Wilner, State. Wilner t- uh, teased it this morning. Wilner teased, this should be an interesting day in the Pac-12. And that's all. And everybody, well, what is it? What is it? And he didn't say, and I didn't follow up. I haven't seen anything from that. So it must have been that he did put out an article about that very thing. The thing is, is how many times well, yeah. are we yeah. roped in? Today's the day we learn about expansion. Yeah, Today's and then Dennis the day. Dodd will follow that up with Big Ten yeah. about to raid eight schools. Yeah, you know, right. Pac-12 will be no more. Somebody you know, needs I mean, to so, get to Dennis Dodd and say, I, hey, that article yeah, you yeah, had right. that everybody was saying, CBS <laughs> News, CBS yeah. Sports is breaking. Uh, that was a month ago. So let's we'll sit tight, Dave. Thank you, though, for the heads up. And we will, I'm sure, in the next 24 hours, be reading... Uh, plenty coming out of Pac-12 basketball media days where apparently George has made some statements and even a little bit of noise about how solid everything is and how we're looking at expansion. Read that. Maybe one. I think George, according to one tweet I saw briefly during the course of this show, said maybe one team, maybe, and the one team would be San Diego State. Would would we want to be unbalanced? Yeah. Sometimes unbalance works depending on whether you want to run the football. Oh, well, you know, I, 
You could. I, I imagine that you, you try you, to find you, another part. You can't do the round robin if you're unbalanced. And I love the round robin idea, especially with no no divisions. I like it all. I love the idea of an Amazon money grab. Yeah. They, they've got a lot of money to spend. And if we, meaning the conference, out here, meaning it west, can jump on that one early, I think it would work out. I don't have any problems with Thursday night football on mm-hmm. Amazon. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine. If they wanted to put the Pac-12 on Wednesday night on Amazon. Plus they could do, well, no, I'm talking about the, their production quality. No, I know what they're doing. I yeah, understand yeah. what you're and, saying. And I but, think the other thing about that is is that Amazon can not only do the game and be the be the place and write the checks, mm-hmm. but they can have like a million uh, different games on at once. They yes. could do everything because you could have one yeah, little yeah, yeah. channel for everything. So. We're going to learn a lot more in the days ahead. Dave, thank you for the heads up. We'll try to digest as much as we can before tomorrow. Tomorrow, Trevor Mueller from the Husky Podcast will join us. And Jason Quick on the juggernaut known as the Portland Trailblazers. Thanks for joining us today. See you tomorrow. K-E-J-O Corvallis. And translator. K-229-D-I Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.